Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. You know, as we enter the Christmas season, it's very interesting. Um, Sometimes I think about how we celebrate and I often wonder, do we recognize what we're celebrating? Um, and as I look back over time, and depends on how you look at it, fortunately or unfortunately, I have a lot of years to look back over these days, a lot more than I used to. Um, but as I look back, as I look back over time, you can see how the shift and our celebrations have occurred. It used to be that, you know, we would make sure that Jesus was at the forefront of our celebrations. But now it's, it's almost like we go through the motions, but we miss the meaning. We go through the motions, but we miss the meaning. You might be saying, what do I mean by that? Just look around at the extent of what we do and how we do it. Um, I'll give you one example. Gifts. It's amazing to me how we focus so much on gifts for others but it's Jesus' birthday. Now, if you invited me to your birthday party, it seemed like I would be bringing you a gift and not a gift for myself or giving a gift to Corey or to um, Brother Eddie. But what we do is we want to make sure everybody has what they said they wished for for Christmas. And so I look at that and I just wonder, you know, what, what's, what's the mindset that, that's been created by the world we live in when it comes to Christmas? Another example is not just the giving of the gifts, but how much we spend on gifts. I, I, I was looking at um, a report the other day and this number just blew me away. It said that it's expected that we'll spend $960 million in the United States alone on Christmas gifts. $960 million. And I said, man, think about what we could do with $960 million. And, and there's nothing, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with gift, gifting. I'm not, that's not my point. My point is we put all these other things ahead of what the season is all about. And even decorating. And my wife is a wonderful decorator. And I appreciate it because it's beautiful. 
But at the same time, how many people are decorating and don't know why? Don't know why. Even if, if I ask, if I took a poll in the, in the audience now and I ask you, what is it about, what do the decorations mean? You know there's a meaning behind the lights, there's a meaning behind the tinsel, there's a meaning behind all of those different decorations. But we've made it now where it's just about let's see how pretty we can make it, how much we can decorate. So I want to talk a little bit today about Christmas, still trying to take Christ out of Christmas. Still trying to take Christ out of Christmas. And it's in our speech. Uh, when I greeted you, I said, Merry Christmas. A lot of times you'll see the Christ in the Christmas X'd out. Xmas. To me, that's just disrespectful to, to our Lord. Or we'll say, um, Happy Holidays, so as not to offend those who may be celebrating another holiday. Because, you know, we have, now we have to make sure we're considering um, Hanukkah. We have to make sure we're considering Kwanzaa, because they fall about the same time on the calendar. But as Christians, we celebrate Christmas. Christmas. I, um, I remember several years ago, we had a, um, I had a business trip to um, China. And Teresa was with me. And we were in Shanghai. And we walked out of our hotel. It was maybe a week or two before Christmas. And I kid you not, the place was lit up like nothing you've ever seen. Now, Shanghai is a city of 26 million people. Big, it's bigger than New York, okay, by far bigger than New York. And so when you walk out and you see all of this decoration, again, the first thing that came to my mind was, this is not a Christian nation. They don't even believe in Jesus. So what's the celebration about? It's about the commercialism that has come to dominate our season of celebration. For a non-Christian, big non-Christian nation to go all out. I mean, New York City looks like it was dark compared to how much Shanghai was lit up. And it was like, wow, this is so so ironic to me that these people are going to all these lengths to decorate and, and have all these lights and displays in their city but they don't know what they're celebrating sad so I want us to take a look at the word today and, and um, see from the beginning I like, to, I like to when I look at the word I like to look at What's different today from what happened back then? What are the different motivations and activities compared to what we see and do today? So if you would open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 2. 
going to look at what happened when he was born. See how it shakes out compared to today. You have it, say amen. A few people got it. If you don't have it, say wait a minute. All right, I'll be reading from the New King, King James Version. Matthew chapter 2 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler, who will shepherd my people, Israel. Verse 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken to Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. 
Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Amen. So we see that from the beginning of time when Christ was born, they were trying to take him out then. And we're still trying to take him out of Christmas. Mind, mind you, that was his birth that we celebrate, and they were trying to take him out. So we want to take a look at uh, this passage a little bit closer and see what we can learn from the times they were trying to take him out and all that is entailed in that story. So starting in verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in, the, in Judea in the days of Herod the king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. These were wise men, also known as magi. Some of the uh, translations call them magi. I, I saw another translations where it was they were referred to as scholars and they came from the east and they saw a star and they followed it now this was an extraordinary star uh, because these were astrologers as well and they were had never seen a star like the one they saw signifying the birth of Jesus. So they recognized that this was more than the usual. And they decided it was unusual enough and extraordinary enough and special enough that they wanted to know more. I want to see the person because it signified that an extraordinary person was going to be born. So they wanted to see, the, they wanted to know who this person was that the star represented. And so it reminds me um, when the first time I saw my wife, I was, at a, I was working, and um, I was situated, my desk was situated where I could see the elevators, and I saw her get off the elevator, and my first reaction was, who is that? And that's what these wise men were saying. Who is this? that it has this kind of star. 
So we're going to go find out. And I went to find out too, by the way. <laughs> but they thought it was, it, they thought it was significant enough that they went, I think the message translation calls it on a pilgrimage. You know what a pilgrimage, pilgrimage is? That's a long journey where you are seeking a sacred thing and to give homage to it, to worship it. And so they were going to find out what this was and they were going to um, worship this, this person. Now, mind you, these wise men were in the east, but the star, when they saw the star, it was, it was uh, from Bethlehem. Well, Bethlehem is south of Jerusalem. So the star was going from north to south. Now, stars, mind you, naturally travel from east to west, not north to south. So they knew it was extraordinary because they had never seen a star go from north to south. And so they went and found out what was going on with the star. Now, verse 2, verse 3, excuse me. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Why was Herod troubled? Herod was not a legitimate king. He was not of the lineage of David. And he knew, and the Jews knew, that he was a legitimate king. So when the wise men said that they were following the king of the Jews, Herod became afraid that the legitimate king was going to take his power. Anybody heard anything recently about somebody being concerned about their power being taken away? I'm just saying, is it, is it today any different from what it was back in, back in biblical times? He was concerned that the real king was going to take his power because the wise men called him the king of the Jews and said, we've come to worship him. So, the Jews also knew that Herod was not a legitimate king. So they were afraid as well. So, we've got this dilemma going on here where the so-called wise men, Gentiles, by the way, these were not Jews. These were Gentiles that came from another country, another place, who were going to worship what the Jews were looking for as the Messiah. But they had no idea. And, and keep in mind that Jesus' birth was a non-issue in most parts of the world. Nobody was having the parties that we have today because they didn't know. They didn't see it as significant. They didn't see him as significant. And so his, his uh, obscurity actually ended up working in his favor. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So this divinely inspired group of wise men starts to go after Jesus. Go find Jesus and see what's going on. 
Now Herod didn't just sit still. He called to call all the church people, church leaders, all the spiritual leaders and the chief priests and scribes together because he wanted to know where is this king of the Jews going to be born. And so they said to him in verse 5, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So Herod secretly called the wise men to determine what time the star appeared because he wanted to know when this king was born so he could take him out. He was trying to take him out from the beginning. So he started searching for the child and he said to the wise men, when you have found him, let me know because I want to go worship him too. We know that wasn't what he wanted. He wanted to go worship him and take him out. That's what he wanted to do because he was worried about losing his power. So in Bethlehem, they were trying to take him out. But the wise men actually got to see him. They saw the child and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. After that, they were warned in a dream divine dream that they should not go back to Herod but they found the way back to their own country another way because God was at work in this whole story making sure that his purpose and plan was going to prevail so he gave the wise men more wisdom than they had and said don't go back to Bethlehem but go back to your country another way so we know that the, the spirit of Herod is what was keeping keeping the, Jew, the, the, um, the people at the time from worshiping him and acknowledging who he was, finding out who he was. And I ask you today, what's keeping us from acknowledging him? What's keeping us from making him the for, at the forefront of our time together, our celebrations, our gatherings? Is it just that we want to be honoring the traditions of our ancestors? Or do we want to make sure that Jesus is part of, the, part of the celebration? Not just part of it, but the focus of the celebration. So what's keeping us from making him priority in our celebrations? Let's move on to Egypt. Verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So he, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. So when they tried to take him out in Egypt, again, 
God intervened because his purpose and plans will prevail. So he spoke to Joseph, and gentlemen, just a plug for, for us as men, especially those with families. Notice he didn't speak to Mary. He spoke to Joseph. He spoke to the father and said, take your family, your child, and your wife. So it's up to us to be the ears in our families and to lead our families according to God's direction. And God knew that Herod's whole purpose was to steal, kill, and destroy and, and ordered, subsequently ordered every male child under the age of two to be killed. Now that's a desperate man. That's a desperate king. That's somebody who will go to any length to keep their power. Sound familiar? I'm just saying. So Herod has this spirit about him. And it's a spirit designed to kill, steal, and destroy anything, anybody who is a threat to his throne. So he is going to desperate means to take out the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, not only in Bethlehem, not only in Egypt, but let's look at Nazareth, down to verse 19. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose and took the child, his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Let's talk about this Archelaus and Herod. Archelaus is Herod's son. And one description of Archelaus was that he was known for tyranny, murder, and instability, and was probably insane as a result of close family intermarriage. So he was, the same, he was of the same spirit and legacy as his father Herod. And the, the thing that stood out to me here is how so many times what we have been, what's been modeled before us is what we end up doing and acting. When, when we see our, whoever raised us, typically our parents, but it doesn't have to be parents, those who are influential in our childhood lives and, and our growing up and of our our uh, young lives those habits and spirits stay with us they stay with us Archelaus king of Israel was just like Herod king of Israel and he, did, he was so much so 
that God told Joseph, go back, don't go back to where you were, but go to Nazareth. Because the same spirit that operated in Herod is operating in his son. So they tried to take him out in Bethlehem, and God intervened. They tried to take him out in Israel, and God intervened. And in Nazareth. And so we see that it didn't matter where he went. The spirit of Herod was always there to try to take him out. What spirits are in operation in our society today trying to take him out as we celebrate Christmas? What spirits are in operation in our society today trying to take him out of our celebrations. Think about it. Think about how slowly but surely the erosion of Christian principles and values have been taken out of society, prayer out of schools. It's okay to call any other name you want to call, but when you call on Jesus, You draw attention, and I mean negative attention. What spirits are in operation today? Taking them out, trying to take them out of our lives and our celebrations, our society. You know, it wasn't just in Bethlehem, it wasn't just in Israel wasn't just in Nazareth. If you go on over in the book of Matthew down to chapter 28, they tried to take him out at Calvary. They tried to take him out in Calvary. And the difference is they thought they had him. In fact, he was dead. But that spirit of Herod was still in operation. If you think about it, it's so interesting to me that the same charge was levied against him then that was levied against him when he was a baby. Who is this king of the Jews? Are you king of the Jews? That's what he was asked. But they couldn't take him out because this time, even though he was dead, on the third day he got up with all power in his hands and said said I'll never leave you nor forsake you all power has been given unto me go ye therefore and teach and make disciples so they tried in Bethlehem they tried in Israel they tried in Nazareth they tried in Calvary but he still with us still alive and well still able to do anything still has the power still the one we worship and so I just came by to tell you today they can try to take him out but he's still here and he's not going anywhere because God has a purpose and a plan 
for him and for us. And if you are a believer today, you know that we'll be with him forevermore. Amen. <clears throat> now, one of the things I know about Christmas, because it's something that I and we and our family have experienced, is that it's a difficult time for many of us because it's the time of year when we've experienced the loss of a loved one. And so what I want to do today is I want to, if you are in that category where you've lost a loved one and your thinking goes something like this, Christmas is just not the same without him. I want to pray for you. Because I know that that's a real, that's a very real experience. And that's a very, um, very big void that we deal with. But I know that our God is still able to fill the void and to heal the hurt. So if that's you, would you stand just so I know who I'm praying for? Stand right where you are. If you've lost a loved one around this time of year, and it's just hard. It's just, it is. And if you're close, if you're near that person or persons, would you just lay your hands on them, please? Just touch them to, as a point of contact. Just gently touch them. Father, we just thank you today for who you are. We thank you for your loving kindness your tender mercies. You're our ever-present help in time of need. And God, so many of us need you today. We need you to help us. Help us to deal with the loss of our loved ones. Help us to get through these challenging times. Though we celebrate, Lord God, we celebrate with a heart that is heavy in many cases. For we know that you are still with us. We know that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And we know that we don't go through these times alone. So I ask you, Lord God, to wrap your loving arms around those that are standing and even those that may be watching who are just saying I don't know that Christmas is going to be the same without mama without brother without daddy without grandmama without sister without brother 
and yes, even without son and daughter and any others whom we loved. We know that you loved them more than we did, Lord. And we know that you'll see us through. So we trust you today, God. We trust you with, with our pain. We trust you with our voids. We trust you to be that peace that we need, to be that comfort that we need, to be that love that we need. And so, God, we just know that you're well able, well able to carry us when we can't go on ourselves. So we thank you. We praise you for doing it. In Jesus' name. My encouragement to you if you're in that group is not to go through Christmas alone. Have others around you who love you and can help you to be with you and know that you're surrounded by his love. The enemy would like nothing more than for you to be alone and just reliving all the hurt and all the pain. So be around somebody, somebody else so that you'll have the support that you need. Amen. And before we um, close today, I want to make sure that we don't dismiss and make sure that everybody in here who wants to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus has the opportunity to do so. So if you don't know him today, then we ask you to connect with him. Go to the website, newcov.org, and click on where it says connect. And you can connect with Jesus. We give you, ask you for a little bit of information just so we can be in touch with you. But you can connect with Jesus. And let us know if you're online watching and, and you want to uh, connect with Jesus. By all means, send us, a, send us something in the chat to let us know. If you want to join New Covenant, you can do that as well. Same website. You can connect as a member. We would love to have you. And again, go to newcov.org. Click on connect as a member. And you can follow the instructions there. Amen. Amen. Is there anyone in here who needs to give their life to the Lord? Or who wants to make New Covenant their church home? We don't want to pass over that opportunity. If you do, if you raise your hand just so we can recognize you, anyone who is in need of a church home or if you need to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Anybody? Amen. We're all where we need to be. Amen. Well, let's give God praise. <clears throat> 
We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.